Do you believe in love at first sight? Well, At Second Glance tells the story of three independent women who have to face the hard facts of what happens when you rush into love. Storm, Dee, and Tajana will take you on a fun journey of adventures of sisterhood, love, and deceit. Looking down, I saw a familiar pair of slacks and a tie thrown across the rug. Nancy's black thong was balled up at the foot of the bed. I rushed to the closet and ripped it open wildly. Lance stood in the dark, trying to cover himself with clothes still on the hanger. I looked back at Nancy and felt lightheaded when I noticed the sperm-filled condom and tissue on the nightstand beside her. It took a few seconds to register, but it felt like hours that we all stared at each other. Welcome to the At Second Glance podcast, which is a limited series based on national best-selling book, At Second Glance by Simone Kelly. Thanks for listening. I ran down the icy sidewalk to the train station. I only had about 30 seconds to make it before the train doors closed. I was nearly tripping over my long shirling coat when I thought, Tajana, you better stop running before you bust your ass. So in an effort to save myself from possible embarrassment, I slowed down. Damn. I don't know why I always wait until Monday morning to buy my Metro card. I had all the time in the world on Friday night, but I forgot to do it. I'm always in a rush. It never fails. You never believe that I woke up at 6 a.m. I take my time getting ready, change outfits three times, and slowly eat a bowl of raisin bran in front of Good Day New York. Yeah, that's me, Miss Dilly Dally. My teeth chattered from the icy cold wind before I rushed onto the train. I quickly scanned the car to find a seat. I found a small spot just enough for my petite frame. As I jumped toward the seat, this huge woman in an Erica Badu head wrap charged in front of me. It was a battle for the last seat, and Miss Badu won. She wedged her booty into the small space by rocking back and forth as if it would help her squeeze in. The lady looked at me with a juvenile smirk like she won a round of musical chairs. A blonde high school girl next to her smacked her gum furiously and rolled her eyes. She then went back to playing with her fluffy curls nervously examining the strands in search of split ends. Everyone around me smiled and shook their heads in disbelief. I tried to remain calm. As I backed away and leaned against the car doors, I put my bag on the ground. I noticed a gentleman next to me. My eyes drifted from his brown boots to his dark brown corduroys. His broad shoulders shaped his butter-colored leather jacket. My eyes stopped when I reached his strong cheekbones. They looked as if a sculptor carved them out to resemble an African prince. I hoped I didn't make it obvious. My heart dropped when I looked into his light brown eyes. The way they sparkled reminded me of my ex-boyfriend Lance. The man I fell in love with in high school. His skin was like butterscotch, and he had a well-shaped mustache that almost looked painted on. He was about six feet, just like my ex. But no, it wasn't Lance. Lance wouldn't have smiled at me so gently. 
he would have stepped away with his head down. The only thing the liar does now is leave depressing, I want you back messages on my voicemail, which I never returned. This guy exuded charm as he nodded hello. I nodded back, hoping that these wouldn't be the only pleasantries we'd exchange. The train pulled out of the tunnel and sunlight streaked through the windows as we rattled along on the elevated tracks of Brooklyn. I put my shade on and quickly turned my back to him to view the trees and passing neighborhoods. I took my hair from under my collar and let it fall down my back. In the window, I could see the reflection of two teenage girls whispering and looking at me. They thought I didn't notice them, but I damn sure did. That's a weave. What it looks real to me. Nah, it's too shiny and wavy. My stomach turned at the sight of her, opening up the Oreo cookies and licking the cream so early in the morning. I glanced at a businessman standing across from them, who seemed to feel the same as I did about her poor choice of breakfast. She probably Jamaican Trini or something. Oh, you know who she looked like? You know who she looked like? That Indian girl that used to be on MTV back in the day. She had that talk show too, remember? I smiled to myself because I've heard that before. People always say I'm pretty and that I look like a petite version of Ananda Lewis. However, I think I look just a little bit better than her. I guess we could pass for cousins or something. My hair is long like hers, but my complexion a little darker. My Dominican dad and my black mother gave me an exotic appearance that has given people a hard time figuring out my ancestry. Good. It's none of their damn business anyway. I used to have fights in high school with girls like them, ones who were always concerned with who thought they were all that or who they considered a hoe, just on the basis of having a lot of admirers. The train jumped and moved rapidly along the tracks. Its clumsy pace made each car gyrate from side to side. I heard a quick shifting motion. I'm sorry, miss. I turned to see why my fine friend was apologizing, and I noticed that he kicked my leather backpack a little. Oh, that's that's all right. We smiled at each other. You have a good one now. You too. Damn it. Why didn't I spark a conversation earlier? At 27, I'm still a chicken when it comes to men. I hate that about myself. Maybe I'll see him another day, and then I'll say hello. And even ask him his name or something. It'll be much easier since we already spoke today. I tried to psych myself up, but with my luck, I would never see the man from 14th Street again. When I reached my office building, I was still thinking about this guy. I couldn't get him out of my head, and it was starting to seem a little pathetic. I just kept remembering his deep voice and tender smile. He really reminded me so much of Lance. I sat in my small window office, drafting a marketing plan for Finesse Records, newest R&B artist, Shonda. The girl couldn't sing, she could sing. Every time she performed, she gave me goosebumps. I was thrilled that our A&R department finally signed an artist with true talent. I'm sick of trying to market these ditzy, pretty faces with voices like stray cats in an alley. Finally signed someone whose voice did need to be digitally enhanced in the studio. Only thing with Shonda though, Honey was in desperate need of a makeover. She wasn't an ugly girl, just too homely looking. She had that nerdy look that screamed, help! My department specialized in artist development, so I was working on finding her some serious help with her style and choreography. 
I started at Finesse Records two years ago as manager of marketing and artist development. It was a definite change from doing marketing consulting from home. I miss my pajama conference calls, but now my income is more stable and I actually like being in an office environment. It's faster paced and much more challenging since most of the time my department is held responsible for whether these artists make it big or not. Stress is something that comes with the job in my position. The pressure is always on. The spotlight follows you inspecting your every move. There's always someone waiting in the sidelines for you to fail so they can replace you. That's why I have to keep my game tight, not let them see me sweat and work as hard as I can. Maybe if I'm lucky, I could retire at 40. Right now, the pay isn't the greatest, but the perks make up for it. I love to travel, and with this position, I can travel pretty much anywhere our artists tour. And the free deals on music and shows aren't bad either. After proofreading Shonda's plan several times, my vision blurred from the monitor. Before I knew it, I found my gaze drifting outside my office window. There was a young couple in the Parkside Plaza Hotel directly across the street from my view. They cuddled close together, looking 40 floors down at the view from their room. I envied the moment they were sharing. The man softly nibbled at her ear as he whispered something funny to her. She was pointing at the crowds below and giggling. I rolled my eyes. Stupid ass tourists, I mumbled. I missed having someone in my life. Lance was such a special part of me since we shared so many years of a committed relationship, or so I thought. We broke up four months ago after I got a hold of some evidence that he was messing around with a friend of mine. Was it a shock? Hell yes. But the signs were all there. I was just too in love to notice his doggish ways. I had a blindfold of denial on for a while, but thank God I finally got a clue. I've started dating here and there, but nothing to write home about. The last guy I was seeing turned out to be a waste of time. He was Eric Janor, who manages Zane Taylor, the latest multi-platinum R&B hip-hop sensation. I met Eric at a Vibe magazine party a couple months ago. He made sure I and everyone else he encountered knew who he was. I really didn't care who the heck he was. I just needed to get out of the house, and he was the perfect one to rescue me from boredom. Being in this industry... You can't be starstruck or a groupie. Knowing famous folks gets tired real fast. At first, I was very attracted to Eric. But now that I think about it, he was just your regular light-skinned, curly-headed cutie. There was nothing really breathtaking about him besides his height. However, I'm sure he was a hit in the 80s. The Christopher Williams look just doesn't seem to get much attention these days. I think I was more drawn to how outgoing he was. He struck me as a real charmer and it felt good to be treated like a queen again. He took me to extravagant restaurants, two Broadway plays, and a few jazz spots. However, the last date I had with him ended up in his high-rise apartment in Jersey. Eric was a fabulous kisser and had me melting with every touch. He was so sensual. I loved the way he held my face and caressed me as we kissed. It felt good. His lips were soft. He moved his tongue in rhythm with mine. In the heat of the moment, 
we found our way to his couch and then on his plush carpet. While we kissed, he opened his zipper and guided my hand on his boxers to fill him. He said in a sexy voice, introduce yourself. My hand yanked away instantaneously. I'm not shy about touching a man, but what I felt was like a curled up thumb. Yes, I said thumb. I mean, is that all he had to offer? Suddenly it made sense to me why he spent so much money on me. He had to make up for his missing penis. Although I was totally turned off, I continued kissing him, but suddenly remembered I had a very important marketing meeting at eight the next morning. I abruptly ended the date and darted out of there as fast as I could. He's been calling me ever since to reschedule the rest of our dates. I haven't the heart to tell him that I'm not interested anymore. I've never been good with rejection, but I've always been a pro at avoidance. Thinking about my stale love life was depressing and tiring. So I decided to sneak in a 15 minute nap on the tiny couch in my office. For the past few months, I've become a workaholic to take my mind off my non-existent social life. It was easy for me to drift off into a deep sleep. I had the most bizarre dream. It was lunchtime at my office, so I decided to go home for a bite to eat. In the dream, I only lived blocks away. I walked so quickly, I almost felt like I was running. When I got to my house, I was startled to find my father in front of my house planting tulips and wearing a green gardener's uniform. I hadn't seen him in over 20 years, but I still had no desire to say anything to him. Not one word. He looked the same as I remembered him from pictures, big curly afro and deep dark eyes like mine. I stared at him, amazed to see that he hadn't aged over the years. He didn't look at me. He just kept on digging holes in the ground and whistling. There was a dirty old pickup truck in front of my house. The white logo said, losers are us gardeners. In smaller letters below it had the slogan, we know how to plant seeds everywhere. I just shook my head disgusted. I walked up to the path to my apartment and as I opened the screen door, my stomach started to squirm. I had that nagging feeling like something terrible was about to occur. When I opened my apartment door, I heard a loud thump in the back room. It sounded almost like a struggle. My instincts kicked in and I suddenly thought about my roommate, Nancy. My heart raced as I prepared for the worst. Nancy, are you here? I heard a small murmur like someone was covering her mouth as if she could barely respond. Oh shit. Is she trying to scream? My eyes darted around for something to defend myself. I headed straight for the kitchen and don't ask me why, but the first thing I grabbed was a big bottle of rope spray. I figured I could blind her attacker and then knock him out with the can. I slipped the cap off and put my finger on the trigger. I walked slowly down the narrow corridor. The parquet floor creaked beneath me. Her bedroom door was open and I saw a man's naked body run by the entrance to the other side of the door. It happened so fast that it was like a blurred brown flash zipped by me. My heart dropped in that second. When I entered the room, I saw Nancy in her bed. 
Her long wavy hair was frizzed and tangled and she had the covers clumsily draped over her naked body. She looked pale from fright and stared at me wide-eyed and nervous. Nancy looked towards the closet and whimpered, I'm so sorry, Ty. Looking down, I saw a familiar pair of slacks and a tie thrown across the rug. Nancy's black thong was balled up at the foot of the bed. I rushed to the closet and ripped it open wildly. Lance stood in the dark trying to cover himself with clothes still on the hanger. I looked back at Nancy and felt lightheaded when I noticed a sperm-filled condom in tissue on the nightstand beside her. It took a few seconds to register, but it felt like hours that we all stared at each other. I was overwhelmed by the sinking feeling of betrayal. All of a sudden, I noticed how they glanced at one another and shrugged as if they knew they would get caught eventually. That's when I totally lost it and remembered the spray in my hand. I raised the rope spray catching Lance off guard. I wouldn't take my finger off the nozzle. Lance had absolute terror in his eyes. What the fuck is wrong with you, bitch? He started wiping his face and hands in, in the clothes. He went to grab for the bottle and he struggled. He was so drenched in the spray that his slippery hands lost their grip and he fell back. I clung to the candle, fury spurting out of me like venom. What the fuck is wrong with me? What the hell were you thinking? You and Nancy? How the fuck, how the fuck could you do this to me? I can't believe this shit. I turned to Nancy and you, you were my friend. You were my best friend. This, this, I smacked him as hard as I could, but my hand slipped across his rage sprayed face. So I kicked his bare legs with all my might. He fought back. So I sprayed him again, this time directly in his eyes. Oh shit, my eyes, my eyes. I can't see, I can't fucking see, stop it. Lance covered his head and curled up in the corner of the closet in a fetal position. I'm sorry, Ty, stop. All right, stop it. My father reappeared behind Lance and pointed his finger and danced like a child. Good for you, good for you. That's what you get for hurting my baby. That's my baby. Oh, now you want to come and save me? 20 years later, I picked up my weapon once again and aimed at my target. This time, my dear old dad was going to get it. Get out of here. It's too late. Get out of here. I sprayed it at his face. He seemed shocked. He fell to the ground as if I shot him. He began to shrink downward. He transformed into a small cockroach and fell on his back with his legs kicking up, slowly dying from the fumes. I felt my teeth piercing my bottom lip as I held a look of crazed revenge. I turned back to Lance. Now you motherfucker, I'm gonna use this whole bottle on your ass. Suddenly Nancy pounced on my back to stop me and I fell to the floor. Tajana, Tajana, stop it, leave him alone. She yanked on my hair so hard that my neck jerked back. I screamed and turned around to fight back. We rolled on the floor and she gained control by getting on top of me. Nancy seemed to gain more power over me 
and began grabbing my shoulders with her long claw-like nails. She kept yelling my name. I'm gonna kill you, Tajana. Die, Tajana. Tajana, Tajana. My shoulders were shaking softly as I heard my assistant, Raven, whispering my name over and over. I opened my eyes and I was staring into Raven's olive-toned face and pointy pierced nose. I jumped up and noticed that the sun was going down. I looked at my watch and it was 5.05. I'd been asleep since 1.30. Oh shit, why didn't you wake me before? Sorry, I thought you were still working on your marketing plan. The only reason I came in here is because you had someone here who claims to have a meeting with you. I tried to intercom you, but you didn't answer. Raven was upset because I yelled at her. I'm sorry, sweetie. I didn't mean to scream at you. I'm just cranky, I guess. I had a bad dream, I said. Damn, a very bad dream. I laughed thinking about Lance in the closet and my father, the roach. Hey, don't sweat it. You need to go home and sleep, that's all. You can't keep working until 1 a.m. every night. That's why you, you're passing out over here. Well, I don't know who this character is, but I do know he's not in your appointment book for today. What's his name? He said his name is Lance Walker, but I might add that he is a hot-looking brother. Lance? Lance? What the hell was he doing here unannounced? Wait, isn't that... My ex. Yes, unfortunately it is. Thanks for tuning in to the At Second Glance Limited Series Podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode coming up on Thursday. If you'd like to get the full story, go to ownyourpower.biz, click store, and order your autographed copy by Simone Kelly. If you'd like to hear more podcasts like this, please show your support by purchasing a copy of At Second Glance or any other books by Simone Kelly. See you next week. Own Your Power Radio. Real soul in hip-hop. Just the way you like it. You know, jealousy, hate, anger, bitterness is a very strong energy. When you die in that state of consciousness, your energy begins to flow in the river of souls. All of that energy is captured. Whenever you become polarized in those thoughts, you become a part of that energy. It takes over your mind, and you become out of control. And that's when you need prayer. prayer. They say Christ turned water to wine. I changed vision to grinds and hustle hard till I captured what's mine. Fraudulent motherfucker had my life in the bind. And then I rose from the ashes, left the ashes behind. Trauma and scars, drama and bars. Deep rooted pain, lost in the environment that always stay the same. It's insane, there's no change. Trying to escape the karma that come from being physical. Conditions is critical. Every move I make is pivotal. I twist and pop, never get dropped. Like Mayweather, I'm leaving on top. Black excellence irrelevant to cops We move benevolent White elephants tusk in the air Looking heaven sent Frequencies of the God Many spiritists My squad They surveilling the scene Nigga better come clean Greatest show on earth In the land of the curse He got on his knees And prayed to God And then got shot in the church Night like this We getting on our knees in the dark Wish it rained on me Wash all the pain out my heart There's a journey ahead I watch your back You watch mine If I die in the struggle You must continue to climb Nice like
this, we getting on our knees in the dark Wish it rained on me, wash all the pain out my heart There's a journey ahead, I watch your back, you watch mine If I die in the struggle, you must continue to climb We hustle to ease the struggle, we struggle to piece the puzzle A pit bull without a muzzle, handshake instead of fuck you I love you for who you are, and I promise that I won't judge you Just ride with me through my flaws, and I'm placing the one above you This life thing is short, spend a quarter chasing God Another quarter healing trauma, another quarter with my squad Inside to find your purpose, playing in the devil's circus Invested all your time just to find out it was worthless Better ride that highway or die your blind slave Ancestral energy penetrating through my gaze And alter my perception like the roots to a tree And I'm the strange fruit that's hanging that you couldn't delete My spirit is free, these devils couldn't trap me with 5G A facial recognition, you are dying to sleep Let these words be the realest since Machiavelli to dawn And I'm a king by blood, not relation Night like this, we getting on our knees in the dark Wish it rained on me, wash all the pain out my heart There's a journey ahead, I watch your back, you watch mine If I die in the struggle, you must continue to climb Nights like this, we getting on our knees in the dark Wish it rained on me, wash all the pain out my heart There's a journey ahead, I watch your back, you watch mine If I die in the struggle, you must continue to climb They say never wage your war, that offers no reward Vacate a toxic situation, be sure you cut in the core If it's chaotic, it's symbolic, hustle harder than ever When fake friends disappear, know this shit's getting better a door closes, another opens like chapters in the book Put that trauma behind you, you can't get back what was took There's no wisdom acquired for hard-wired individuals Signals is blocked when egotism is staring you When the hearts get involved, make sure it's a fair exchange When hearts get torn, how Mary, she be bringing the pain And rain can last forever when you crossing the witch Click your heels three times like Dorothy on the whiz We headed to a pool of fire, wearing gasoline drawers And you never find a love like mine Blue rolls, problem solved I recognize a reoccurring event Same cycle, gotta grow on your knees and repent Night like this, we getting on our knees in the dark Wish it rained on me, wash all the pain out my heart There's a journey ahead, I watch your back You watch mine, if I die in the struggle You must continue to climb Nights like this, we getting on our knees in the dark Wish it rained on me, wash all the pain out my heart There's a journey ahead, I watch your back You watch mine, if I die in the struggle You must continue to climb